everybody, I'm Johnny D, the Motivational Cowboy. Welcome to Hashtag Hey19 right here on nrmstreamcast.com. If you feel like you want to be part of the show today, make sure you call in today at 844-999-9249. My first guest is going, this, this guy is incredible. He's awesome. He's so much fun. He's so talented. Um, you know what? I hopefully, hopefully he's online right now. Please put your hands together for a good friend of mine, Mr. Greg Stump from Off Excess Paint. Greg, are you there? Greg is not there yet. All right, I'll keep talking. Guys, let me know when he calls in. Uh, we're just waiting on Greg Stump from Off Access Paint. This guy paints helmets for all the big NASCAR guys from the Truck Series to the Xfinity Series to the Cup Series. This guy is amazing. His team is amazing. He puts out some of the coolest and sickest helmets out there. I can't wait for you guys to meet him, talk with him. It's going to be so much fun. I also want to make sure that you guys know about the second half of the show from 530 to 6. It is going to be all about you guys. So make sure you call in. Uh, later on in the show and uh, be part of the show i got a bunch of cool stuff to give away um want to put a big shout out to the guys working back at the studios angel and david guys hello 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 um, hope you guys are doing great and hopefully here in michigan at the end of the month we are hopefully back to work and back in the studios and we can see each other again um greg are you on the phone yet i am what's going on man what is going on, Mr. Greg Stump in the house from Off Excess Paint? Can you hear me well? I can hear you fine. I'm uh, I'm honored to be your last guest on this show. You like that, huh? Man, I tell you what, yeah, Greg, I've known you the for best what? I don't know. <laughs> well, the last time, the, the last time the, the connection wasn't good, but you know what? It's good now. And I'm just gonna jump right into this because I got a bunch of cool questions. Uh, one, some stuff that I want to know about you, and two, there is a ton of social media questions that came in. Greg, just start your story off by telling everybody how you got started and, and, and how you found art or how art found you and at what age. Yeah, man. Um, I'll, I'll give you the condensed version. So uh, I, I was extremely lucky early on in my life because I didn't know where I needed to go and where I wanted to go. And uh, I had a great high school art teacher and, and extremely supportive parents who, uh, who kind of pushed art. And, and uh, this art teacher in high school actually put the airbrush in my hand. And he, uh, he had a love for racing as well. And after, after painting countless T-shirts at, at theme parks and uh, everything else, motorcycles, everything under the sun, basically, to get decent uh, I realized you could you could paint helmets for a living. It wasn't just a hobby. And uh, I hit the ground running with this deal. I moved from Missouri to North Carolina, and now I I get to paint helmets every single day for uh, for NASCAR drivers, NHRA drivers, Monster Jam, you you name it. Uh, somebody's got our helmet on one of these sports. That is so cool. You know, um, at what age did you know that art was going to be your thing? Oh man, probably I don't know, probably nineteen or twenty. Um, you know, I, I always did art early on, and, and in high school, I took a, a much stronger approach to it, where I was taking more classes and really enjoying being in the art room. But I I always just kind of saw it as a hobby. I never saw it as something I could do 
you know, for money and, and do every day. So I, I was just thought it was going to be something in my life, but not something that I, uh, I did for money. So, um, I would, I would say that after the first couple of years of college, I figured out, uh, I don't, I'm not learning anything here and I can, I can do this on my own. So I, w- I would say like 2021 is when I really like clicked in and had the aha moment of I can marry racing and art and my love for both and, and make a career out of it. So I'm going to back up just just a few minutes ago. You said that you were airbrushing T-shirts at theme parks. Is that correct? I have airbrushed probably every single name in the dictionary <laughs> on a T-shirt for somebody. So, uh, yeah, we have some uh, some theme parks back in Branson, Missouri. If you've ever visited that place, it's very uh, very tourist friendly. And a lot of people like their names on their shirts just in case they forget who they are. So... I paint a lot of beach scenes and, uh, you know, three or four years of doing that, you get really good because you got to do it every single day and every hour of the day and as quick as possible. So, uh, it's just a really good building block, uh, you know, for what we do now. Was that your very first paid gig was painting t-shirts or was your first paying gig something different? My first paying gig was actually when I was still in high school. Uh, they built a brand new elementary school down the street. And the the principal at the time wanted to to spice up the hallways. They didn't want to look like a, a prison, just brick walls. So uh, they hired my art teacher, uh, myself, and my other artist here, Noel McEwen, uh, just to basically go in and you know have at it and make it look cool. And and we did it, and we got paid for it. And I that was kind of when they when they gave me that first paycheck. I was like, holy crap! Somebody actually paid for my artwork, you know. So that was. That was the first time it really happened, and then the theme parks came came later after that. So, so you were literally you were 21 years old, and you packed up everything and moved to North Carolina. Is that literally how it went? Pretty much. Uh, I had worked for a dirt team in Missouri and traveled all over the country uh, working on dirt cars, and then I just kind of take the helmets home from other drivers that I met uh, on the road paint their stuff during the week and then, you know, make a little side money on the, on the weekends. But I, we would, we would drive to the racetrack or whatever, and I'd drop them back off. So, um, I knew I loved racing. I wanted to be a part of it. And through dirt racing, I started meeting, uh, NASCAR drivers like JJ Yaley and, and Mark Martin, uh, who graciously let a young kid paint their helmets. And the more I painted, the more I knew I needed to be out here in North Carolina with all the race teams. So, if people don't know a lot about racing, Mooresville, North Carolina is literally Race City, USA. It says it on our water tower. And within 10 miles of my shop, there's probably 50 race teams, you know. So everyone's right here. It's the mecca of racing. It's no different from, you know, Nashville and country music. So I knew I needed to be here, and uh, I loaded up the U-Haul and, and never looked back. Greg, so let me ask you this. You know, you you own your own business, what is the day-to-day like for you? Like, is it like you go in at around 8.30, 9 o'clock, you stay till 5, and, you know, you work an eight-hour day, and you're kind of, like, just done? Yeah, yeah, you know exactly what my day is like. If uh, if I leave at 5 p.m., <laughs> that's a miracle. And usually if I leave at 5, I'm probably coming back after dinner. So uh, my day starts out very business, uh, doing renderings and figuring out invoices and making sure every other artist uh, here is, is good to go. So it's just, it's not just me. It's, it's a whole team of, you know, five or six of us in yep. the shop always 
um, to keep up with the high demands and the the crazy deadlines we have in racing. So I I wear the business uh, owner hat in the morning usually, get everybody situated, the right logos, the right people, and making sure everything is on track. Um, And then after the, the day of that, I can pretty much switch gears and be an artist and throw some headphones on and, and grab a roll of tape and an airbrush and, and start painting helmets for the rest of the night. This is a great question that came in on social media. And, and I, I know that I've asked you this question before, but a lot of these you know listeners right now and, and people that are, that, are, that are watching, they don't know. How tough is it for you to, to one, keep a secret because you know things that are going on in the business prior to it getting released because they have to do photo shoots and everything else, which means that they have to get their helmets painted before they tell everybody what's going on. How tough is that for you sometimes to keep a secret? Uh, it used to be a lot tougher than it is now. Now, uh, you know, if anybody knows our season, the Daytona 500 is in February. Uh, right around Valentine's. So um, we start painting helmets for that in November. So you sometimes you have to take a, keep a secret for like three months. Um, but I just kind of do it out of sight, out of mind. And then I forget about it until February. And I'm like, oh, yeah, we we painted that. Um, I like I like that initial surprise and release just as anyone else. So I try to I try to keep everything hush hush until until the time's right. That's awesome. Susan from New York just rode in and she's like, whose helmet design has been the most challenging and what's the most fun helmet that you have done and designed? Oh man. Oh, I got a, I got a couple from most challenging. Usually it's not the artwork. It's usually, um, a a big company that we have to work for. You know, I'm not going to name any names, but some of these sponsors, roll into the sport. They don't know anything about helmet paint or fire suits or cars. And they have an idea in mind and, and they want to basically tell us exactly how to paint a helmet. And I try to tell them, we do this every day. Trust us. We'll make you look good. Uh, so sometimes doing that is the, is the hardest part is just making sure that a, a fortune 500 company trusts you to, to carry their brand and, and to make them look good and, and represent them well, you know, cause when the driver's in the car and they have the helmet on, you know, that's what you see. You don't see their face. You don't see anything else. You see those corporate logos on the helmet, and that's what represents them. So, um, you know, dealing with somebody new uh, sometimes is maybe the hardest part of the whole gig. But um, as far as design work, I, I think we can pretty much handle everything. I got, you know, Noel is amazing at portraits. Uh, Mike in here is amazing at just super clean designs and, and knocking it out of the park with anything I give him. So, uh, between the artists and the shop, we can always deliver, uh, you know, what the client is looking for. Second part, which Talk one a little is the bit most about fun? That. It is definitely just yeah, the most fun for Xfinity oh, playoffs right. every year. Well, and, uh, and talk a little bit about that because you get the family involved. Yeah, so Harper Allgaier is five now, maybe I'm going on six, um, and we've done three helmets so far. So every year she comes in for about a a month at a time uh, and a couple of days, you know, every, every, every Saturday or something, she'll come in and, and we'll go from designing the helmet to taping it, to painting it. Um, and she has her hand in, in with the whole thing, you know, start to finish. And it's been so cool to see her evolve and grow. You know, the first year she just kind of helped design it. And that was it. The second year we gave her an airbrush. Um, you know, the third year she's, 
she's ready to go. She knows exactly what's going on. She's she's got ideas through the whole year of, of you know I'm at the racetrack and she's telling me to come over here and I've been down and she tells me a secret of hey we want to I want to do camo on my daddy's helmet this year. So um, that's probably the coolest thing ever is just working with her and and making such a cool special helmet for Justin for the playoffs every year because. Um, and he has no idea what it's going to look like. So when he unwraps it, uh, you know, that first playoff race, it's a complete surprise to him. So that's that's definitely the coolest one for me. The videos always make me cry, especially I think it was last year, the unicorn. <laughs> yeah, right. It's a, yeah, was... It makes your eyes a little misty for sure. Yeah. You know, and, and talk, Greg, talk a little bit about this. Um, people just think that, that you slap some some paint on a helmet and, and you make a cool design and that's about it. But you're telling me and you've told me b before that literally um, the helmet is weighed like there are teams out there that says, listen, you cannot use more paint than this or that or this many ounces. Talk a little bit about that. I mean, there is a science to all this as well. Yeah, you're exactly right. Um, a lot of these carbon helmets uh, are, are extremely expensive. Some of them cost up to $5,000 before we even start artwork on it. So these engineers get paid a lot of money to make sure that they have the lightest and, and best equipment out there throughout the whole race car. So um, everything gets weighed, including the helmet before and after um, the paint job. So uh, a lot of times we get put in a box and you know, some a sponsor wants something crazy. They want a big metal flake or something that weighs a ton, and I have to, you know, try to explain to them uh, and meet them in a, a good middle ground on uh, how what we can do to get away with this and still make weight requirements. So we try to make it um, within a tenth to two tenths of a pound on on a lot of that stuff, and sometimes wow. it's, a, it's a big challenge for us. What's what's the most time spent? on a helmet i would say probably 30 to 40 hours maybe a little bit more uh on one helmet and that's you know if there's a portrait going on the back that noel's painting um we've done a couple for jeffrey earnhardt where we paint dale senior on the back or matt crafter where we we paint a picture of her daughter or his daughter on the back of a helmet so um a lot of those portrait ones are, are stuff that's you know, chrome or, you know, something crazy that we haven't done before. We need a little more time to, to do details. Most of the time we can knock them out of here um, in two to three days, but uh, you do get those ones that require a little more time. Greg, Nat, these drivers are starting at the ages of two, three, four years old. What's the youngest driver that you have painted a helmet for? Oh, man, that's, that's a... Uh, question I haven't ever asked before. I would probably say like four to five, maybe. Um, a lot That's of motocross crazy. kids, motocross starts super young, um, and I've done a lot of little helmets for those. And uh, we have a go kart track out here at uh, GoPro Motorplex, and a ton of young racers there. So they always see our stuff and, and stop into the shop. So I've painted a lot of youth helmets, and uh, I'm 33 now, so I'm not I'm not 18 starting out like I was. So a lot of these kids that I painted for. Uh, really early on or now, you know, graduated high school and, you know, I'm painting full-size helmets for them and they're in big race cars now. So that's really cool too, to see, you know, young kids that you work with early on and, and kind of follow through their sport and, and, and their career path basically. 
I'm looking on the screen right now, um, some goalie helmets that you have uh, done. What is one of the, um, do you, like, do you have a favorite piece of art that you've done? Like, is there one thing, like, or I, and I guess that you can ask this question to you all the time because you've done so much, but me asking you the question right now, what's the one piece that you really, really uh, uh, gravitates to you and that maybe is your favorite piece right now? And Greg, what, maybe, maybe I should show everybody, it's probably this guitar that you, that you did for me. I'm showing yeah, everybody right now. I, <laughs> this is a, a guitar that you and the guys did for me that just turned out incredible. Um, but do you have a a piece of art that you've done that you can say is your favorite? I, I get asked that a lot too, and, and my question or my answer on that is always the same as um, you know a director of a a movie or a sitcom or something like that. You put so much effort into every one of them, you know, 30 to 40 hours. So by the time they leave here, um, it's some of your best work and, and they're all kind of your babies and you always try to push it and, and do the best work as possible. So it's always evolving and we're always getting better. So I wouldn't say I have a favorite, um, just my favorite ones are probably, you know, Harper Allgaier or, or you know, something we're surprising somebody with like Kenny Wallace's last NASCAR race, you know, something that really moves somebody when they open that helmet up and, you know, it's got their entire history or their entire career on one helmet. Um, and it's something that they want to put, you know, in the mantle of their house or a forefront somewhere. And, uh, I think those are my favorite projects. It's not really the artwork. It's, it's the meaning behind it. And speaking of that, I've noticed um, lately um, more and more drivers are coming to hang out in the um, at, at at your shop. Um, I just saw Tyler Reddick painting a helmet not long ago. Do you find that that the drivers like to be a part of the process? Uh, yeah, it's usually like fifty fifty. Uh, we're actually just joking about that today. We had a driver come in with a basically a seven page manual of exactly how he wanted his helmet painted and the colors and spot colors and uh, just everything, every, every note you could possibly want. And then with some drivers, you know, like Tyler Reddick, he's so easygoing. Um, he just says, I need a Caterpillar helmet matched black and yellow and let's us do our thing, you know? So it's, it's a cool mix of both. Sometimes you want a lot of guidelines. Sometimes you're, you got kind of writer's block and it's, you're having a hard time coming up with a design, but and uh, and you'd like that creative feedback from the the drivers, but sometimes uh, you know they let you just go with whatever. So it's a it's a good balance for us. It kind of keeps us on our toes, and uh, it it definitely keeps that personality um, of how we take on a, every job. You know, every everything's different. Well, speak- it's never the same in here, which is what I love. Well- and speaking of that, I'm looking at um, Snoop Dogg with a pair of tennis shoes that you guys painted. What was up with that picture? Uh, like I said, you never know what's going to come through the door, and every day is different in here. So um, the, the golf shoes are cool. We had Top Golf come to us probably three years ago, and they have a, a VIP program with a lot of NFL players and NBA uh, rappers like Snoop Dogg, uh, country stars like Kane Brown. Um, and they want to give them this this package uh, when they sign up with Top Golf and, and a custom pair of shoes is in the in the deal basically. So um, and it's a complete surprise, you know. That 
that picture of Snoop Dogg on the screen is him getting him for the first time, and he's you know pretty pumped. Obviously, he's getting some custom golf shoes. So, uh, you know, I always try to do a lot of research on who I'm who I'm working with, some background stories. If I can throw in you know little personal touches in there that only they're gonna know and recognize, I always, I always try to do that. So the golf shoes are cool. Um, we also do guitars like yours for Charlotte Motor Speedway and, and Daytona 500, and um, that's always a nice brick because in here we do over 300 helmets a year so it's just constantly consumed consume your life with helmets so when you get to take a break and do a pair of shoes or a guitar it's uh it's always a breath of fresh air what you know speaking of your stuff being out there what was it like for you to have your helmet not getting political but listen what was it like for you to have one of your helmets at the white house I mean, listen, as a kid, as a guy, I mean, I don't care who the president is. I mean, just to see your helmet, not just on TV, but at the White House, that had to be like pretty cool for you. Another thing that, um, you know, something you told me 10 years ago was going to happen, I, I would have uh, I would have laughed, laughed in your face for sure. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't care who the president is. Uh, if, if you got something in the White House, it's it's a huge honor. And, and when, uh, Martin Truex and Frank Truro asked me to do that, uh, I instantly said, yes, you know, I don't, I don't care who, uh, what your political views are or what mine are. I'm going to paint a helmet that's going to the white house for sure. Yeah. What piece of advice could you give somebody that is sitting there watching right now and they have, they have dreams and they have goals to, to be an artist and maybe people are telling them, well, you can't do this. You can't make money at this. And, and people are, are being negative to these kids or even adults. What advice can you give them? Um, I, I think the same advice you give in all your motivational speak, speaking and, uh, you know, don't give up. Um, if you have a dream, you're the one that sees it. You know, it's, it's hard to have everyone else see what's in your head and, and what's going on. I said I had an extremely supportive parents, which, which I do. But even they had their doubts when I was first starting out. Um, and and with anyone, I know I don't blame them. If I had a kid that was, you know, basically living in a van and, and painting T-shirts at a theme park, I wouldn't think he was going to go anywhere either. You know, I'd be a little concerned as well. Uh, so I don't blame them at all. I don't I don't think I had a, a terrible childhood. I don't blame anything on my parents. But uh, yeah, they were always supportive. And uh I think if you just have that dream, you got to go after it. You can't, uh, you can't sit around always thinking what if, and that was the biggest decider for me of, of moving. I could, I knew I could always move back home to Missouri. If I got out here for two weeks and it didn't work out, I could load that stuff back up and, and go back home. But I just didn't want to always sit, um, and get old wondering what if, um, I didn't fulfill this idea or dream I had. So I think that's the biggest thing for me. Um, and, and the other thing is you see success here or you see success in anybody on TV or art. Um, it didn't happen overnight. And that's, that's a big thing that, you know, Instagram, uh, the illusion of Instagram kind of gives people now or Facebook is you think things happened overnight. I spent, uh, countless nights in this art room in high school to the point that the janitors would say, you know, lock up when you're leaving and they would leave at like 11 or midnight and I would still be there working. So, um, I think it's, you got to work hard for what you want. And if you, if you believe in it and you want to gamble on yourself and, and you know, you can make it, um, you know, go after it. I never had a plan B 
um, this was my plan A, you know, I, I never had a backup plan. So I, I had to make this work basically. And, and I put in the work and the hours and, and, uh, and you'll see success. And I don't know anyone that's ever said, uh, you know, I, I worked my butt off for months and months and months and didn't see any results. You know, it's, it's, if you're willing to put in the work and you have the drive, it's going to happen for you. Yeah. I love when people say, Oh my gosh, you know, you made it. I'm like, yeah, I made it after 23 years in this business. <laughs> so, exactly. And I wouldn't say I've made it by any chance, but I do get to go to a shop, um, you know, that I own and, and do what I love every day. So in my eyes, that's, that's a giant success. I don't care how much money I, I make. Um, as long as you're happy every day, that's, that's all it that really matters. Amen. Hey, listen, this question came in on social media, and I can't wait to ask you this because I don't even know this from you as well as I know you. What other jobs have you had besides doing art? Oh, have man, you done anything? That's a good question, actually. No one has ever asked me that. Uh, <laughs> so going back to the conversation we were just having, I keep a paycheck on on my office wall of when I worked at a pizza place and got paid, you know, maybe $6 an hour. So I always keep that a reminder. I can spin pizza like nobody else. Uh, you know, so I did everything there from making pizza to deliveries or, or whatever, but I'd say that's the only kind of normal clock in clock out job I've ever had, not involving art. Uh, and I knew after I left that job, I loved it there. I, I would still go back and make pizzas. Um, but I knew from that point that stuff was not cut out for me. A desk job where I clock in nine to five uh, was not for me. And, and, uh, and that's why I went the route I went. So that's a good question. I've never been asked that. Hey, so this question came in on social media too. And do you still practice your art and has your practice changed over the years? I would say I practice every day by just painting helmets. Um, sometimes I, I wish that I could sit down with pen and ink and, and do some car renderings or something different, but um, it I do it so much that when I go home, that's not really what I want to do, you know? So it's like, it's like you go into a, a conference all weekend and talking and motivating people and everything else and going home and standing in front of the mirror and talking to yourself, you know? You, you just don't, once you've done it for so long, it's you want to do something different when you go home. So uh, I, say right. I, just, I just practice every day and I try to make every helmet better than the last. And, and that's basically the way I practice and get better. Greg, I can't believe that 25 minutes is up. Tell everybody how to get a hold of you and how they can follow you on social media. Yeah, go follow us on Instagram. That is the best place. And it is just at off, O-F-F, access, A-X-I-S, paint. P-A-I-N-T. Um, and it's on Facebook and Twitter and, and everything else, too. So, and, and shout out to Becky Edwards, who followed me today, who's, uh, who's been asking me a bunch of questions. And um, she's ready to watch some Xfinity racing tonight. And, and so am I. So I hope it's no rain, not raining in Darlington. Um, I'm excited to see these guys back on track tonight. I love it, man. Hey, thanks for your time. And thanks again for hanging out with me. I appreciate you. I love you, buddy. And I'm proud of I'm proud to know you, man. So thank you again for hanging yeah, out. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me on. Hey. And uh, we'll have you on the Off Access podcast very, very soon. Outstanding. Thanks again, buddy. We'll see you next time.
Hey, everybody, I'm Johnny D, the Motivational Cowboy, telling all of you, be safe, have fun, and have yourselves an outstanding day. We'll see you next time right here on the NRMStreamcast.com.